Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. It's been so cool to go through the book of Exodus, and we're in the middle of the plague sequence. We were just looking last time at this escalation in the plagues. You got the livestock, um, literal plague epidemic, um, and everything going on there. But today, a little detour, we're going to look at a psalm here. I uh, don't want to go through all the plagues and just have it all be over so fast, and it's nice to change it up and look at a psalm. Uh, so we're looking at Psalm 110 today. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, it's one of these that you you might think, oh, it's only seven verses, you know, okay, you know, it's, it's not, another Psalm of David, nothing that special. But, I mean, this is really a, a noteworthy Psalm just on how it, it, I mean, it's so messianic. There's, there's a word for us to focus on today. It just seems to be so focused on this idea of Messiah. And uh, for that, it is a pretty cool psalm, especially when you then take a look at how the New Testament uh, takes it and uses it extensively, especially that first verse, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Joining us today, we've got Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Good morning, brother. Good to have you on again with us. And yeah, looking at a psalm again. And now this is this is the kind of psalm that you know you're you're hoping to to see. And you when you see it, you're like, this is awesome. This is one that we'll have no trouble making connections with. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, the, the problem is the pro- as you noted in the in, in in your introduction there, the problem is not that we're we're going to have a challenge making a connection. Are we going to have enough time in in the broadcast time of an hour to at least touch on all of the all of these connection points, let alone delve deeply into them? Right. Well, no, I mean that that is just one. It's interesting how that seems to happen. <laughs> it's a little bit like feast or famine sometimes when it comes to New Testament allusions, right? Like the New Testament, it's got it's got its chapters of scripture that it doesn't quote at all, and then it's got the ones where it quotes a a ton and that that's definitely something that we have going on here today right right we have you know you, you there's only seven verses but there are uh, you'll be hard pressed to find a section of scripture that is either directly quoted or or directly alluded to uh coming that then you do in this one psalm uh, and it's all over the place you know uh, especially as uh, paul uses this one a lot so Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right, yes. It's not not even just in the Gospels, right? So, yeah, a lot of good stuff to be looking at uh, today. So it's deceptively small in terms of how much meat we have here on the table. So let's go ahead and turn to this psalm as we do. Brother, would you open us up with a prayer? Sure, let's pray. So, God, Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. Uh, We in no way deserve them, and yet from your generous heart you richly pour them out, not, not the least of which is the the mercy of being your children uh, in, in by virtue of the, our adoption into faith uh, by and the family by the waters of holy baptism. We rejoice that you've called us by name and you've joined us to this rich heritage of of the Old Testament, the, 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 the faith of all time, uh, where this Messiah is not just a Messiah uh, for a few, but for the world, the one who is indeed the the, the the king of peace, the one who reigns, the one who sits at the right hand, who who is interceding for us even now, 
even uh, even after going to the cross to die and to rise for us. Lord, these words are rich, they are loaded, and they are good for us. So we pray that your Holy Spirit would be among us, guide our discussion and, and, and our study of this text so that it might truly deepen our understanding of just how amazing you are to us in calling us your children, uh, citizens of your kingdom. Lead us to that end for Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I think we've we've kind of pretty well introduced the thing at this point, um, and it's it's not terribly long. So I think we just just go ahead and read through it, and and then we can start getting into what kinds of uh, structure and and uh, yeah, I mean th- those sorts of usual concerns. But it is just the seven verses, so I think we just better serve by just going ahead here. So here's Psalm one ten starting with the superscription that's there in the original text. A Psalm of David. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. So I mean, it's just it's so triumphant. Um, in I mean, you can you can see why this psalm gets picked up. Um, you know, just like especially in connection with with Acts and the, the proclamation of the ascension at Pentecost. Um, it's it's just interesting though, thinking about it in terms of that you know Old Testament setting. Just how many things you've got going on here. I mean, it's not even just. You know that it's like okay, we're talking about like a, a king, but the king—it's you're a priest forever. So we we've got like a priesthood idea in here. Melchizedek—that's not something that's terribly common in the Old Testament in terms of allusions there. So that's right. pretty noteworthy all by itself. Um, you've got uh, the people presenting themselves in holy garments. So I mean, like, there's a lot of things going on from an Old Testament perspective. Oh, in a way, I think you know, and, and there's. I think there's two ways for us to look at this. First of all, we 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 don't want to get so messianic that we forget that that many of the, these things are true of King David as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, don't, you you know you have you have David as a as the 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 type of what is to come in the Messiah. You know the 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 uh, he is the you know the the, the one who is the, David said to my Lord you know the, uh, you know those kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know so so you have some of these you you have the 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 place that David takes you know and, and you see some of the militaristic things you know and, right. and, and you talk about Zion, and and, mm-hmm. and so you can look from a political standpoint and see that. You know, uh, David is finally the one who wrests the Jebusites from mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Right. You know, he is the fu- he is the, he is the one who conquers the unconquerable enemy. 
you know, and oh yeah, that just happens to be the place where this Melchizedek was king back in uh, back in Abraham's day. Who who this guy who comes from out of nowhere and great father Abraham has this huge victory over Sodom and Gomorrah, and and you know, for for almost inexplicable reasons, other than the fact that he's a priest of the God Most High, Genesis. This is all in Genesis 14. You know, he gives him 10 percent of all he's got. Right. You know, and so there's this, there is this, there, there, are, there are so many layers to this psalm. It, it's, it's fascinating. It, it really, yeah, layers is a, is a good word for it. And and you're right. It, it's not to say that there's so many layers that it's like impossible to appreciate right. from an Old Testament perspective. I, I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think they would have put Psalm of David in some ways <laughs> at the top. You know, if I mean, if it was like, oh, we just came and figure out how it applies to David. It's just too much. Too sure. many things are going sure. on. Um, so, so I mean, there is um, a lot, but it, it isn't incomprehensible, and yet it, it does seem like it is kind of um, going in that direction of the. I, I mean, it's kind of the biggest and, and broadest and most magnificent terms, such that it it seems to be pointing in this direction that even eclipses David, right? I mean, and I think that that's uh, in a in a sense what you have going on. That's that's not too. I mean, so it's not illegitimate then when this gets applied right. elsewhere, right? I mean, because it's really striking when the apostles bring it up and they say, okay, well, you know, so this is stuff that's said about David, but then again, not even David really lived up to this. Great David's greater son, you know, yeah. as, you know, as as great as David was, you know, you know, it's kind of one of these things, as great as David was, David could not carry this guy's sandals. And, right. and and that's really you know the the one who the one who this psalm is ultimately talking about as great as David was you know arguably the pinnacle of Israel's history uh, yeah this guy who is to come and who will who will sit on David's throne as his heir um, is is so far beyond what David is too right well so so then speaking of David and trying to trying to make these connections here let, let's. Let's let's go back to the top here, you know. So you have a Psalm of David, um, but then you know right away this is something that uh, doesn't really get carried through in the English translation. You know, you you can just kind of breeze right through it. You know, the Lord says to my Lord, um, and just it's it's that part right that gets cited in um, in Matthew twenty two, Mark twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, where where the Lord is is making the point. Now, hang on a second here, right? Like, who's talking to whom? Um, and he's making a lot of hey, just really about that part, and it is noteworthy even apart from that because uh, it doesn't just say you know, you know, in the usual Hebrew like you know says the Lord this right. I mean this is this is a Neum Yahweh. This is you know, Oracle of the Lord, uh, prophecy. Um, I mean this this is this is very striking language at the very very beginning, even before you get to the quote itself, the one he says the Lord says to my Lord. Right. Well, you know, Yahweh says to my Adonai, you know, and, and, and so you have, so, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's amazing, you know, so, so you already have, you know, 
my goodness, maybe we should have, maybe we should, you know, as, 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 as deep as this is, maybe this should be the Psalm for Trinity Sunday, you know, where we have <laughs> this inter, you know, where you have this, this, uh, more of the divine staff meeting, like we would have, uh, uh, dropped in on in Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 28, you know, the Lord says to my Lord, uh, right. you know, so Yahweh says to my Lord, and if, if this is of David, who's, who's David talking about? You know, and and then and and so so you're right. So you've got communication. You know, this is communication within the Godhead. You know, this is this is a this is a huge deal here. And uh, and and you run the risk of you know it 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 gets so deep that you run the risk of of inheriting the mental blue screen of death if you try to run this through the uh, IBM the PC computer. You know, you get the you get the little spinny thing and you go, um, yeah, you know, we can't go much farther than this. <laughs> well, so yeah, and and I think that. So that there's a really interesting thing um, when when you do put this in Greek, right? right. Th- that's where it, it just it starts to feel very meta, right? Because I mean, it's in it's in the Greek, right? That you get you know the Lord Lord thing going on, right? In Greek, it's right. you know Epenokirios Tikiriomu, yeah. and you're just like, hang on a second, yeah. there's there's too there's too many lords here. What you know does not right. compute. What what's what's interesting though is in the Hebrew. I, I mean, you know, one, like you said, it doesn't say, you know, the Lord says to my Lord. It, it's the actual divine name here, Yahweh. And Yahweh. then the other thing that's interesting, too, right? It, you're right that the word is, you know, Adonai, but the Masoretes, in their pointing of this, have deliberately, you know, it's an interesting move that they did here. Um, it's related, I think, I think people are familiar with the phenomenon of how they changed the pointing, uh, the little, little vowel marks underneath. Um, when it comes to uh, Yahweh, so that it's the vowels of Adonai, but they went further. And whenever you have the word Adonai occur in the scriptures, if it's not referring to God, they change the last vowel so that you don't get confused and think that that refers to God. Right. Um, because even even just saying Adonai became a little bit too much. And so uh, they actually pronounced this Adoni, uh, which mm-hmm. is not the original form of the word, um, but it's just their way of saying, hey, this is referring to a human guy and not uh, God, which is which is pretty interesting then, because I, I think then that you know, you've got the uh, kind of next level reading that we were just talking about that's, that the Greek really lends itself to. But in the Hebrew, it seems like it's saying this is a prophetic oracle that was given to my Lord, namely David. Um, you know, this is what he said to my Lord David, um, which was definitely a way that he was addressed, you know, as, as my Lord by his servants. And so on, on that level, that's where you can kind of come back down to earth and say like, oh, okay, wait, that kind of makes sense. Like, this is like what God is prophetically saying to David and like, oh, okay, this is, uh, you can kind of like see the story and the logic here then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, so this is, you know, so this rather, you know, there is an uh, an argument that could be made that this is, when it, when we go back to the the superscript, a psalm of David, not right. necessarily the one that David wrote, but it's one about him. This exactly. is where it could be uh, a a uh, some sort of, um, as as I know one one commentator would put it, a uh, a court poet wrote this about yep. David rather than David's, you know, strumming along on his lyre, uh, you know, coming up with, uh, you know, the, the next great, you know, the next number one hit on the psalm chart. 
<laughs> okay, I, I, I'm too amused by that. Truck. that I apologize. I, I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it's just like it, it's. I'm it's, a preacher. It's my, I'm a preacher and a dad. So I. No, see, no, that's the thing, though. Jokes. It's like my my yeah. dad funny bone is just resonating too much, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to use this now on everyone in my family. So okay, uh, but. But yeah, yeah. So, so you've you've got that, and it's it is really interesting though, because like with that that Hebrew pointing, right? Like you can't interpret it as, um, you know, David speaking and him saying, "The Lord said to my Lord," because who is you know King David's like you know non non God human Lord when he is ruling? No one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty. It's pretty. It's it's pretty interesting to to stop and think about that that you know David I mean like in his setting it's like he answers to no man I mean it's um I mean of course there will be men that God uses in the form of the, the prophets to call him to account but he's like he's just answering to God um, right. so I mean that that is really interesting that you know it's it's not even just you know as you pointed out um, the kind of the 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 flexibility of the terms Lord, but then at the beginning, how it's like, is it about David? And so it's someone talking about him, someone else, or is it in David's voice, you know, strumming along to, you know, mm-hmm. the next, the next big hit. So, yeah. So, so you've got that, that kind of um, ambiguity that you have that, that enables kind of the next level reading when, when you have the, you know, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies, your footstool then, so it's like, so the, the, those are the two levels. On the one hand, he's saying this to David, um, you know, this is like, which which really just kind of lines up well with the stuff that you have going on when, you know, God makes his promises to David to, to bless him and give him success and all the rest, right? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then the next level thing of, hey, there's going to be a future victorious Lord who's even greater than David, who's going to have even greater levels of success, and he's going to even vanquish his enemies even more effectively than David. Um, and that's where this heads then into, like, the messianic uh, side of right. things. Because, I mean, you know, what what human messiah was greater than David? Right, right. Yeah, and, and so, so yeah, there's—oh, we better—we're we going to be in—we're going to get to the bottom of the hour, and we're not even going to get through the first verse. We better get going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 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 I guess, I guess the last thing that we'll say, though, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, usage then of— yeah. You know, so we we talked about the first half of the verse, but then like the second half, I mean, it, this is the part where it just shows up all over the scriptures. I mean, this is where you've got um, in Hebrews that uh, I mean, this is like the, the idea that the Lord, the, the Christ, is greater than the angels. Um, this yep. is you know we already mentioned um, that last part until I make your enemies your footstool. Um, you know, I mean, so th- this is this is just where I mean the idea is this is referring to the resurrection. That the, the enemy that's been made the footstool is actually sin and death and the devil, which get right. conquered in that triumphant resurrection moment. Correct. You know, so you have, you know, these 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 great enemies that, from a human perspective, are inconquerable. Right. These will be these these insurmountable uh, enemies. Uh, I used a line in my sermon yesterday, preaching on Romans 5, where it talks, you know, we talk about being born, you know, when the womb opens up, um, when the womb opens, what you can see directly out of it is the grave staring at us. And, you know, and and yet, you you know, and and that is an insurmountable, uh, that is an insurmountable enemy from our perspective until this 
greater Lord comes, you know, and goes down into that grave, you know, lays in its gullet for three days and then bursts forth to kill it. You know, and 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 when those enemies, when you have when you have this Lord who can put those enemies under his feet, boy, now now we've got a kingdom that that will indeed never end. Indeed. And well, so, you know, so something you said that is making me just kind of ponder here. It's interesting when you think about applying this um, in the Messianic interpretation to Christ in terms of the language of sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool, because I feel like this is a this is this is a kind of like an ascension moment, it, it mm-hmm. seems, where it's like, you know, here, come come up here, David. I'm I'm making you king, and you're going to, to be king and just watch. I'm going to prosper you and give you success, right? Um, and and yet, right, like if I mean this is just this is just interesting because like if this this is a triumphant moment of Easter, that it's like in some ways that's before the ascension, right? So it's like how's the sit at the right hand logic like you think working there when Peter's speaking in Acts chapter two? Well, you know, I think when when you, when you get there, you know, I wonder if it, if it's a situation where at, at times we're we're guilty of compartmentalizing it, yeah. you know, where we're where we're thinking, well, this is ascension and this is you know, and yep. and really you have this contiguous eternal victory that exists, yep, you know, and and we need. To, you know, and again, this is one of the dangers of you know, this is one of the dangers of 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 studying small pericopes, yeah. Because we get so lost in the weeds of that that particular pericope that we become disconnected from the whole from the from from the the the, the salvation story. Not 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 in a bad way, but you know, it, you know, we get so, oh man, and and, and you get. You, you, it all it becomes addictive almost. You, know, you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah. you, oh my goodness! And then you look back, and now you're so far down this hole that you're like, well, yeah. oh, 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 wait a minute! Oh, I got I got I, I, Every once in a while, we got to come up for air, and we got to see it, and we need to see it yeah. in the whole picture. And, yeah. and 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 you know when he's yeah you okay we can talk about this in in the in the Easter language and the Ascension language because they're all part of the same process. Yeah. You know, and and you're looking. Think about this. Uh, you know, we, we we you know we spread these out by eight weeks, right? We spread yeah. these out by eight weeks, um, and and we pull them apart and we delve deeply into them. You know, and it, it's it's still, in the grand scheme, a relatively short period of time. Well, and, no, and that, from, that, that's right. Yeah. And and then like just to kind of highlight that, you know, when you, when we do read Luke. Yeah, you look at the way that Luke presents it, and you know, and, and Luke's the guy who like actually tells us, right? There's like a 40 day period in Acts, but in right. Luke itself, he he, you you know, I mean, uh, this is interesting. I was talking uh, just the other day to to somebody about this, but you know, the um, the in the Old Testament, the form that the the, the historical books uh, take is that of like a it's like epic poetry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, it's a, it's a Hebrew genre but it's it's kind of a, sort of analogous to what you have in like the Iliad and the Odyssey where it's like this big right. you know like epic poem story of a historical happening of some kind um but in the New Testament the gospels are not epic poems um they're if if you have to call them anything they're more like sermons um yep. however 
that doesn't mean that you can't have poetic flourishes like you were just mentioning, like the poetic flourishes that, you know, we preachers put and use in our sermons. And so even though they're much more conversational than epic poetry, it doesn't mean they're without poetic features. And in Luke, one of the poetic features is that he makes it seem like the ascension and the resurrection happen on the same day. It yeah. just goes boom, 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 and it's kind of all part of the same thing. And in Matthew, part of his poetic um, freedom there is that he doesn't narrate an ascension. I, I mean, it's just it, the, the ascension is the same thing as the resurrection in Matthew, where it, you know he is he he is raised from the dead, and what's he say? He's there with his disciples. All all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm already ascended, and I'm right here. Look at me. Right. Here I am with you to the end of the age. So, I mean, like, there's there's a lot going on, and I think that's uh, the complementary perspective you were saying. we got to come up and look at that. You know, we shouldn't be, you know, splitting all these hairs like, well, no, that happened at the Ascension, and that happened at Easter. Well, I mean, from this other perspective, it's all part of the same thing. But You know, and, uh, and that's beautiful. It, it, is, it needs to be—our study of this needs to be both and— yeah. There, 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 our study needs to have a general overview, yeah. you know, to get the perspective of the Heilsgeschichte, you know, the salvation history. But we also th- th- then, when there is great value in drilling deep into a text, because now all you, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like creation. And just use this as an analogy. You can't well, now be- hang on a second here. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off here. I want to hear the creation analogy, but sure. it's time. We're already past time for our break. Everybody, sure. hang on. We're looking at Psalm 110 here. We're going to get back to a note about creation when we get right back on here on Thy Strong Word. St. Stephen's Small Saints Learning Center is dedicated to providing families with quality education services in a Christian environment. The Preschool and Parents Day Out staff, along with St. Stephen Lutheran Church, are eager to work with parents during this important time in a child's development. Visit TeamJesusLiberty.org to learn more. On this Monday, June 15th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Gary and Wanda Vandry of Lancaster, California. Gary and Wanda made a gift to KFUO Radio in thanksgiving to the Lord for the love of Jesus Christ and for KFUO's consistent message of the gospel. Thank you, Gary and Wanda Vandry, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Hi, this is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. Bringing you the comfort of Jesus during a global pandemic and civil unrest. Christ for you from where we are to where you are. KFUO Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Psalm 110 here, a short psalm, but one that is just packed full of awesome stuff. We uh, we made it through verse 1, you know, because we are spending the whole next week, just one verse at a time. <laughs> No, we're we're actually going to yeah. get through. I'll clear my schedule for the week. Yeah, yeah, I know that's right. Yeah, we just uh, you know, our guest didn't realize tomorrow. this, but you know, here we have uh, Pastor Nathan Metter on with us for the next seven days. Uh, he's a <laughs> pastor at St. John Lutheran Church, but they gave him a little mini sabbatical here that's out good. there in uh, Plymouth, Wisconsin. So, yeah, brother, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but you were you were drawing a a connection here. You know, we we have there in verse one this. Um, you know, this until I make your enemies your footstool and how that's kind of, you know, ascension and Easter language, what we were saying, how, I mean, really, though, there's a whole perspective in the New Testament even where uh, even at the moment of the resurrection, he's already ascended in power and authority, and it's all part, like, po- poetically, you can see how it's part of the same thing. Sure. You know, and yeah, it's poetically, and, and I, I think there is, a, you know, there's something for us to understand when we're, when we're digging into this. There is a, there is something magnificent about drilling deep, but you also to keep it in perspective. There's an analogy I'd like to I, I think is helpful when you think of the vastness of creation. Okay, yeah. you have this vast universe, you know, and, and yet at the same time you have these minute details. You know, that's that's one of those things when you, when I'm teaching a teaching you know either my confirmands or we're talking about the, the 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 nature of God. You know, this God we've got is pretty amazing. You know, if He can put a a, a creation that is this vast, you know, uh, you know where you know we can look at the you know we've never once with the, from the Hubble telescope seen the the, the end sign. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, on the back of your hand, you have you have a cells, millions of cells yeah. that have a unique DNA code in your hand. That's yeah. you know, so you have this. Uh, so, so I think there, there, it's important for us as we look at this story, as we look at the story of our salvation, the history of our salvation. Um, there is a there is a vast there. There's a three. There's a thirty-five thousand foot level that this is this is what. And again, this is what God is doing. Yeah. This is not David. This is not Espinoza. It's not Metter. Um, it's it's this is God's doing, and yet when you dig into this, you see how how intricate. You know, he's not just kind of waving his hand from you know a million miles away. He is deeply involved, directly involved, orchestrating every little uh, nanosecond of the plan, which right. is which is amazing. Yeah, no, and I and I appreciate that, and I and I, and I think I agree with the idea of the, the comparison to creation. It reminds me, you know, sometimes I, I had this, you know, this thought. Um, just it was just like a maybe like a couple of years ago that it, it's funny because there there was an assumption that was going on for centuries that humanity was you know pretty much in the center of the universe, right? You know, with this kind of a geocentrism idea, and it was very disturbing. I think when. It, it kind of was shifted around and it was like, no, hang on, what? We're like actually going around the sun. Not, not because of like, um, not, not because of like, oh, well, I mean, like we're, we're untethered here and I'm going to start to get dizzy, but because I think, I think people kind of, um, kind of like rightly were starting to think, no, hang on a second. If, if the center of like creation from God's perspective is this moment with humanity, right? If Christ becoming, um, if God becoming man really is the second article that's in the middle, right? It's like the hinge on which everything turns, right? It's just, 
it, it, it felt, I think it felt off to a lot of people that, you know, somehow all of a sudden it's like, we're, we're like a side note or a footnote or something like that. But it's weird because when you were talking about, you know, like the size and scale, there is a sense in which we, we kind of are still actually in, in the middle of things in the thick of things. Because when you, when you think about, you know, how big the universe gets and like how many, you know, 10 to the, you know, nth power size of things, we're really, really tiny. But when you think about, like you were saying, like the cells on the back of your hand and how tiny things get and you get down to like even further into molecules and atoms and, uh, you know, quarks and all the rest, we're, we're giants. And so when you just kind of line up the, the, the scale, like the, the log scale, we're kind of like there in the middle, actually, still. Um, and, and so it's really kind of helpful to kind of have both those perspectives that on the one hand, we're giants. <laughs> on the other hand, we're ants. And um, <laughs> you, you kind of have to have that kind of that kind of balance when you're looking at this stuff. Uh, we I, I are think, I think we are well Nephilim and Lilliputians all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's oh yeah, how oh, fantastic the Lilliputians of Lilliput. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, I like some literature uh, reference there. Um, <clears throat> but before we get too far afield, um, everybody, I do want to make sure to not neglect. If you have any questions for me or Pastor Metter, um, they do not have to reference Gulliver's Travels or anything like that. Um, just any questions at all about the text here, you can give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. Also, emails to kfuo at kfuo.org, or any questions or comments, they are in the live stream box on Facebook, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Also, uh, thank you, Lutheran Heritage Foundation, their website, lhfmissions.org. Thank you for underwriting thy strong word. Uh, so, okay, so I, I think we kind of appreciated that, uh, you know, that verse one, uh, those different perspectives on it. Okay, we got to look at verse two. So, <laughs> so um, this is then where you get the, the, the scepter, right? And that's actually the first word um, there in in the Hebrew, which is, is kind of interesting, the focus, you know, on the scepter. Mm -hmm. But so you have this, you know, uh, scepter being um, sent sent forth, right? Um, which is, again, just kind of, I think, this idea of, uh, like you were saying earlier, it, it's God's who's the one who's doing the work here. So it's God sending forth David's scepter, right, um, right. To, so that he rules in the midst of his enemies. Um, you know, it says your people will offer themselves freely. Um, you know, that, that, that idea, I think, that God is just kind of bringing all of this about and— uh, so it's really interesting, the, all these blessings that are named here in verses 2, 3, and 4, uh, you know, of 3, being also having this one, uh, you'll—it's interesting here. The dew of your youth will be yours, um, and then in 4, you know, this, uh, you are a priest forever. So just these, these blessings that just come out in uh, 2, 3, and 4, God's bringing them all uh, to come to pass— but we got to kind of take a moment and stop and think about, you know, so what are these these blessings, really? There, there seem to be maybe three of them in view, if not, if not, maybe actually four or five or six. But like, how do you how do you break down these blessings and what this poetic language is trying to get at? Well, you know, the, there is, the, you know, the, we've got so much of this here, you know, it's almost overwhelming. But, you know, so so you, you see 
Um, and we see this play out, you know, he, so, he, so he's going to have this, he's been, he's had this place of rule provided for him. This, yeah. I'm going to send, he, he's sending out the scepter, okay? And, you know, and, and with, you know, basically what you're saying, without your doing it, you're going to get, you know, there, there, there is this, there, there are, there is this, this clothing aspect, this garmenting, and, and we see this, we see this playing out in David, you know, eventually David reaches the point uh, where, where he kind of runs out of enemies to conquer, and, mm. and, and people start, you know, people start, coming to him and 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 the they they the, the tributes start coming to him without him going out and and shedding blood to get it um you know and and, and you know and, and then you have this you know this the 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 one the, the issue that i i've i'm i'm struggling with a little bit even mm. honestly this 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 womb of the morning and the dew of the youth you yeah. know but but then, but then four, you know, four is, you know, that I'm not going to change the Lord. The Lord is not going to change his mind. I've chosen you. I'm not going to change your mind, which is important too, you know, from a, from David's standpoint, because, you know, from the Davidic standpoint, because David, you know, has his moments where he probably should have been forgotten. There are utterly forgettable moments in David's life, but this greater David, this greater David, he's not going to, we're not going to worry about that. Because he he's he's going to be this 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 Messiah this Savior this this one who's going to rule over those enemies of sin death and the grave and 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 in di- in addition he's not only going to not only is he going to be a ruler he's going to be a priest you know and 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 then he invokes this crazy name of Melchizedek you know yeah the the, the Mela the 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 Mela Zadik you know the the king Melach Melach king and Zedekah righteousness he's a king of righteousness who like I said you you read Genesis and and you go who is this guy you know he's Mm -hmm. like he is this complete non sequitur that drops into the middle of the story and then just as quickly disappears right you know, he comes in, he gets the tribute from Abraham, and we don't ever hear about him again. <laughs> he just kind of right. well, yeah. You know, well, I mean, and it's interesting. You know, you mentioned that part of the story too, right? I mean, it's uh, it's it's an interesting story because you know what's what's the tribute about? And I think we kind of forget that, and I think it's it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just uh, I feel like this verse uh, that you're referencing there with the the story of you know Abraham offering the tithe to Melchizedek. It's it's half the time it's used is talked about in the context of like stewardship and tithing, right? It's like, Hey, Abraham tithe. So it's good enough for Abraham guys. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, it, but, but we kind of leave out the rest of the story as you, as you were kind of referencing earlier where, I mean, so what, what is he tithing on though? Right? Well, he just, he just went and, you know, kicked some, you know, serious behind and with, took names. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, he just there, I mean, his, his uh, nephew was in trouble, Right. And so he's like, oh, OK, well, I'll just, you know, call on my army because, you know, I got an army here because I'm just one of the wealthiest men in the universe. Um, and so Abraham goes and he takes his army and he goes and he just, uh, you know, mops the floor with these these several kings. Right. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, took my army's bigger than all of their armies put together. No problem. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think that, you know, by bringing up this this Melchizedek thing, it, it's kind of showing this like kind of greatness, this. um how how everyone just gets subjugated to him you know i mean it's kind of an odd turn of phrase there in verse two i mean i i know it's like the one that's kind of the least weird and you were saying like you know like it's the kind of the do of the youth and the and the priest part that's kind of like a little bit out of left field but even even there in the in our english translation rule in the midst of your enemies like what is that what is that 
you know, mean exactly, right? That he's going to be ruling. Um, he's going to like set up a, a throne there, like in enemy territory. Um, well, it's, I think that's like a little bit of what might be not so obvious because that word there for rule, it's kind of the word for rule, but also kind of like subjugate or like tread down. It's kind of like trampling a little bit. And so I think the idea is it's like he is actually taking, um, you know, in the midst, uh, like from the enemy heartland, which is which is what you see that you got under King David. There's this expansion that happens um, and he takes these these enemy strongholds that before it was like there's no way that's in the middle of their territory there's no way we're going to take that um but the, but the, he's able to and so this idea of this um kind of great conquest like you know abraham-esque you know yeah. conquering these kings kind of idea um i i think that you know that might be one of the ways that this isn't maybe so left field when you're talking about right. the greatness of the uh, of the conquest and the expansion well, you know, and I, I think that's the point. You know, you, you think about, you know, how long, had, you know, how long had they been in the land, and the Jebusites were still there. Yeah, you know, they had, that's right. they, they'd been, they, you know, they, you know, they, they were one of, they were one of the ites that were supposed to be eliminated, and they didn't cut any, they didn't cut any deals with the Jebusites. They just couldn't take them because it was up on the, t- nope. it, it was up on, it was up at the high point, you know, and yep. they controlled all, you know, they held the, they held the most sought after ground because it was the most easily defended. And guess what? Now David comes in, and you're going to yep. rule from there in the midst of your enemies. Now again, then you look at this, you, know, you, you look at this again in, in light of what we talked about in verse one from a messianic standpoint. You're going to rule in the midst of your enemies. You're going to subjugate them. They're going to be your footstool, and and not just and not just the old the gladiator one time put your foot on them, but no, they're going to become permanent furniture. The footstool, yeah. you know, this your enemies are going to be that permanent foot. You know, this is not going to be there, there's there's not going to be a situation where they rise up again. You know, you're not going back to the days of the judges where the where the the Philistines are a pain in your rump. You know, every every forty years or so. You know, no, this is this victory is going to be. Per- That's right. Well, so so then this is this is really interesting. So I mean, I think that that really gets you know brought out here that you know he goes and he takes this territory, and you know the big one, of course, is he actually takes uh, the city of David. You know, he which is you know mm-hmm. why he gets it gets called that. He actually you know is able to rule from Jerusalem. It wasn't even called you know uh, Jerusalem, I don't think, and like until he actually goes and goes and takes it. When you're reading Joshua, it's just yeah, there's that there's that place up there that we can never conquer, right? Um, so he 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 pulls this off um, by God's grace here. Um, so you can kind of see that there in the in the beginning and the end. This this you know just we've we've overcome this. But then here in this middle part in verse three, there's this it's almost like priest language, which is really interesting. You know, like so like the people um, you know have holy garments. It says. Um, you know, and then, well, I mean, we still have to deal with this, like, dew of your youth. Um, but then, you know, Melchizedek is a, is a priest, it says, and it's, um, you know, you are a priest forever. So, I mean, like, what, what's this, the priesthood thing seems kind of out of place, because it's like, he's the conquering hero and the one who's going to, you know, um, you know, I mean, foreshadow the victory of Christ, which, you know, of course, I mean, think about how Christ rules in the midst of his enemies, um, you know, he's lifted up there on the cross, right? And John's, like, already seeing the ascension happen, ruling yep. in the midst of his enemies, ruling in the midst of death. So, yeah, I mean, like, we see that rule and that conquer. He's prefiguring the Messiah. But, I mean, how is the the priest stuff worked out yep. here? 
Well, you know, and, and, and again, you know, and this is where, you know, this is, this bring, you know, when you have the priest involved, now, you know, you, you, the, the king rules. We get that. Okay. We, yeah. we get, we understand, we understand ruling because we are people of the law. We have the, we all have the opinion, we have the opinion of the law on us. We get law and order. Okay. Right. We may be short on it in some areas right now, but we get it. All right. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, when he starts introducing the priest language, what does a priest do? The priest makes intercession and sacrifice. This is this is the you know the pre you know the 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 idea of priesthood. You know, this is not Father Phil from up the hill. Uh, you know, what 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 you've got is you know the the idea of the priest. Um, Again, I'm Gen X, so so deal with the analogies. You know, I like the the idea of the you know if you think of the old days of our lives, hourglass. You know, like sand through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. You know, where does the priest fit in? There's that little neck that connects the two little globes. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and nothing gets from God to the people or from the people back to God except through the neck that is the priest. Okay, and he is, and 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 the thing is, you know, the priests in, in the Old Testament, you know, this is a priest. They they understand the concept of priesthood, but the problem is, the first priest, Aaron, dies, right, and then he has, you know, and then you know, and 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 he has kids. Well, you know, and then so there's an order. So so not only you know, so the first priest, he's not only is a Levite, he's an Aaronite. He's he's a descendant of Aaron. Okay, but the problem is these these priests they have to you know there's a long elaborate ritual you know and, and as you're getting near the you know as you're surfing through Exodus and you start moving into the other uh, in my devotions earlier late last week you know I I don't know how many times I heard the term the long lobe of the liver you know that were being burned up and, and things like that you know yeah. but then then you realize there's this elaborate ritual that the priest has to do for himself before he yeah. can even be that for the people. Okay, yeah. and then this priest is going to die. Well, this new yeah. priest, or this, this 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 priest that the king is going to be, is going to be permanent after the order. He will be that one who makes intercession, sitting at the right hand of God, ascension language, you know, theology of prayer language, you know. Um, we have this. We have the and and he is the one who who, who then also makes this great intercession, this great uh, sacrifice for us, which the, yeah. ultimately is the action that defeats the enemy. You know, so, so he is in this priest, and he is this king of righteousness, who also yeah. happens to be a priest. And, and in right. Genesis, and, and, and where, where does Melchizedek reign? He is the priest of Salem, Salam, yeah. peace, Shalom, right. peace. He is the King of Peace. Well, what is Jesus? What, what's one of the names for Jesus in the New Testament? Prince of Peace. Okay, he's right. in this order, you know. So, you know, we're 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 just we're just layering here, you know, and it's just <laughs> fascinating. To, to it, it just blows your mind, you know. And and yet this priest, because he is because God's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. This this. This this womb of the morning, dew of your youth, it will still be yours. You're not going to get old, okay? You're not going to get old. 
you're you're going to stay in this position because we're we're not going to need another priest after this one because he is then book of, book of Hebrews he is this great high priest who is yeah. not able to who, who is not unable to sympathize with their weaknesses which was like us in every way meaning he was like David in every way except one without right. sin yeah no that's I mean uh, I I like the way you're connecting the dots there because of course you know we we talk about that when we're going through our, our theological, um, you know, like just systematics where we're just saying, you know, you know, there's the threefold office of Christ, you know, prophet, priest, and king, you know, and here, look at that. In this psalm, we already have all three of those. We had the prophetic oracle, right? The Lord, mm-hmm. you know, the um Yahweh oracle of the Lord, prophetic right. oracle of the Lord. Um, there you've got, you know, him as king and then him as priest. And, and so, I mean, in that way, like, you know, I think on the, on the level two, it, re- it really does— you know, connect the dots to how this is foreshadowing Christ, as you were saying, like, you know, as, as intercessor, um, ultimately. It's it's interesting to consider, like, how, how David was supposed to be um, a priest and, and what, what exactly that means. And it, it's actually kind of helpful, you know, um, you were mentioning, you know, we're, we're going through Exodus right now. And, and yeah, you know, you, you see that in Exodus even, that in some ways it's as if, you know, God calls Moses and he wants Moses to be priest king. He, he wants him to be the leader who is also going to be the one making intercession, right? Um, right? But Moses is like, yeah, but that's a lot of responsibility and all the intercession stuff. It means I got to do a lot of talking and I'm so bad at that. And, and so you, you kind of like, well, fine. Okay, we'll make Aaron do some of that stuff. Um, right. and, and so Aaron then becomes high priest, as you were, as you were saying. But like in some ways, it, it feels as if it was not supposed to actually be split up this way where you had, you know, the one guy who's like in charge, like a king, uh, like, like Moses or Joshua. And then you also have this priest guy on the side, like it was supposed to be one guy. And, and so it, it sort of seems like this is a little bit what it's getting at that, like in David, you kind of have a little bit of this approaching of the reunification that the offices are getting closer to being joined back together. I mean, because because you, you do have David the way that he he does. Uh, the, 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 I mean, just think about like all the psalms, right? That do bear his name and they do seem to have his voice. How he is interceding for the the people, right? Um, he's right. interceding like on their behalf before God. So right. I mean, there there really is this way that the, the king is in some ways fulfilling the priestly function he was all he always really had that he was always supposed to to have and. Um, just really quick before I, I turn it back over to you, because I want to get your thought on this. Um, this is the uh, a translation of the Septuagint, so the Greek text of this psalm right here in the middle, uh, this part that we were just looking at that's kind of confusing here. This is starting at verse 3. Uh, with you is authority in the day of your power, with the splendor of the holy ones. From the womb before the morning I fathered you. The Lord swore and will not regret. You are a priest for eternity, according to the order of Melchizedek. And that's pretty interesting because um, you actually, if you look at like the critical editions um, of the of the Hebrew text, th- there's maybe some indication that the Hebrew has gotten a little bit off, and that it, it could actually does resemble um, what the Hebrew equivalents of this Septuagint text are. So could it really be here that the point is um, you, you've got 
the, this authority and the splendor, let's say, of the holy ones, which mm -hmm. could be referencing the angels. And then from right. the womb before the morning, I fathered you, right? I mean, this, this I feel like actually is very uh, a very nice dovetail into why this gets cited in Hebrews and why you would use right. this psalm to prove that he's greater than angels. Because, I mean, here it's saying, like, you're, you're the king, and this, is, this was my plan from all along. Before you were born, when I was making the angels, I was thinking about how you were going to rule, right? I mean, which, which right. is really something. And you can see how that's even true of David, how he's all part of this big master plan. Um, right. But it's, of course, it's, it's only ultimately true of the one who actually was, was fathered before the angels. Correct. Right. So, so maybe maybe even here we have a better we have a we have a better uh, reference uh, an additional reference to the virgin birth. You know where you know the, the 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 conception of the son. You know when he's coming in. You know it's not just the 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 uh, Isaiah. But but you're right. I, I love this. You know I love this depth. And you know he, he's going to make him. You know for a time I'm going to make you a little lower than the angels. But you know and. Mm -hmm. and and but you're still going to be this this priest, and you know, and it's and it's 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 not it. it and when you get in the book of Hebrews, where you're unpacking this whole Melchizedek thing, it's not verses; it's chapters that unpack yeah. this. You yeah, know, so, no, that's so, right. You know, you yeah, know, we're looking at verses, and and the, and and the guy, and and okay, just to be intellectually and theologically honest, the whoever the author of Hebrews is, you yeah. know, he goes on and on and on about this 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 permanent priesthood so so basically I, I like what you're you know so so what you're saying you know so what we're looking at here in psalm 110 when we, when we think of david as a type and jesus as the as as the the, the final type you know the, the the greater um you know so so you um you know david becomes the the one who acts as the beginning of the unification yeah of, of yeah. prophet priest and king but yeah. it will not reach its fulfillment until Christ, offer, until Christ then becomes that ultimate con confluence of those three, uh, those those three strands that that we that we have seen throughout the scriptures. You know, God's prophetic oracle, um, uh, the, the, the 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 God's God's prophetic oracle, God's reign as King, and 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 the intercession of the priest. I think that really wraps up like kind of the whole thrust of the thing because you know in, in verses five, six, and seven it kind of goes back to, I mean you know more of this shattering kings and judgment. I mean it's kind of more of the conquering language though, mm -hmm. with a little bit of a you know maybe that we'd make the connection of like the second coming of the Lord, uh, but right. kind of a, it's more of the king idea. But I want to see if you know just um, really briefly here I'll take a quick stab at like an email question that was coming through because i think you kind of already answered it for us you know kind of talking about this you know uh, the way the way that this is all described it's very you, you know prosperity and um and beauty and in tribute and gifts right you know is that prosperity um you know prosperity gospel then and like well well no because as you said it, it's worldly prosperity that david enjoyed but to prefigure the gifts and prosperity of, of the gospel in Christ, the spiritual blessings. So, I mean, just Absolutely. like you said, I mean, really just pointing the way to Christ. All out of time, as you said, we would run out of time very easily. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. Till next time. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. 
Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting by Strong Word.